Good morning, church. Buenos dias. Yes, sir. Well, this month we're going to launch a new sermon series on the topic of financial stewardship. And in order for us to uh, see the whole picture that when you give, when we give, we don't give only to programs and missions. We also give to people, to support people who are at are working day by day in helping us to advance the kingdom of God here at St. John. So for these Sundays, we're going to be presenting the staff so you know who they are, put a face, and also what they do together. Kyle, put your hands together for Kyle. He works hard. Really quick, I know you have a long life, but in one minute, <laughs> share who you are, what you do. He doesn't know me very well. Brevity, brevity is not my uh, strong suit, but I'll try to keep it short. So my name is Kyle Ray. I'm the minister of music here. And uh, what that means is that I oversee not all of the, just all of the uh, musical things that go on, but also working with uh, our wonderful uh, uh, volunteers and part-time staff associated with our uh, technology crew to be able to help produce worship each and every week and our production crew in the uh, back room that you don't know that helps provide things uh, online and also make uh, being there as a resource and making sure that things like ushers and greeters and uh, um, and the like are uh, communion servers are, are, are covered each week and and uh, big thank you to uh, all of the uh, volunteers who help to lead in the, that capacity and to organize uh, th those volunteers and and on the the topic of, of of tithing the time and talent a lot of people don't know that, that I'm here standing before you because I started as a volunteer. Um, our drummer, Linda, who's also a, a French hornist, called me as a trumpet player to play in the church orchestra, and I did, and when my family moved out of here, it seemed like a, a good fit, and I was sitting out there, and someone stood up here like this and said, the church needs you, we need a bass player. And I looked at my wife, and I said, I didn't come here for a calling today, but I'm getting one. And she's like, well, get up there, <laughs> the church, the Lord needs you. And I did, and I spoke to the musicians, and I got involved as a bass player, and then one day they heard me singing in the background and gave me a microphone and then next thing you know people are on vacation can you lead worship and next thing you know can you run one of the ensembles and then it just kept getting called and called and and the lord was slowly revealing his plans and uh, now that i'm no longer teaching this is you know my my life here and so i'm thankful that i was called to this and so uh, if you're looking to get involved as a volunteer, who knows where the Lord is going to take you, and we would love to have you uh, in any capacity uh, that you would be able to serve in that, in that way. So thank you. One more. Mr. Steven, who are you, man? Well, who are you? I don't know. My name is Stephen Lundy. I'm the minister of students here at St. John, and I get to work with one of the greatest groups of people in the world, and that's our youth. Uh, it's the next generation. But honestly, I don't do it alone. I do it with a group of amazing volunteers and leaders, uh, and we interact with them on Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, Sunday morning, and throughout the week at different events and stuff like that. And we get to work with uh, sharing the truth of the gospel with them, as well as reaching out to their friends uh, and discipling them uh, as young Christians and encouraging them to be a part of the body of Christ. Uh, as you'll see, that's one of the areas of focus that we've been working on over the last couple of years 
is wanting them to be in here as we worship together. So you look around, you'll see youth in here. Uh, and that's a, that's a big part of uh, our hearts is that we're a one body of Christ. Uh, and so it's not just uh, that we have youth here, but they are here a part of our worship and they bring an element that we need. So we're super excited about that. So thank you for your time, your talents, uh, giving to allow us to minister to them in a mighty way. Um, whether it's financially or um, our amazing team that, that goes and loves on them each week. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this month, we're going to be thinking about money. When you think about money, it gives you chills, you get angry, anxious, or to what, what happened. Let's see a, a small video and see where are you on this. may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he 
who give us, who give you the ability to produce wealth and so confirm his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So giving is part of discipleship. Discipleship is the mission of Jesus. He sent us to make disciples and that includes our financial life. And the first step in this process is just to recognize that God is the source of all wealth. God is the source of all wealth. So when we talk about managing our money and resources, it's a way to show to God and show the world where, is, where our heart is, the posture towards God and the posture of our hearts toward others. So if you show someone your taxes or your bank statement, it's really easy to know what is important for you when you go through your bank statements and how we spend money. Because our tendency is, based on the scripture, that where your heart is, that's where your treasure also is. And God is just challenging us to be good stewards and to learn the fact that he's the one who creates and gives us the wisdom and the visions and the ideas and the stamina to create wealth. Everything we have belongs to God. Now, in the kingdom of God, we have three levels of giving. That's the biblical framework, biblical and theological framework for giving is these three levels. And these three are very distinct from one another and we cannot confuse them. Tithe, offerings, and arms. Again, repeat with me. Tithe, offerings, and arms. And when you understand these different levels of giving in the kingdom of God, and the purpose of it, you become holistic in your giving as a goal to continue growing in our discipleship. So basically, the first principle is this, understanding the biblical principle of tithing as a foundational act of obedience and worship, giving the fair fruits of our income to God. So we understand that God created everything. In Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Everything belongs to God. Psalms 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So that is begging and that we understand and position ourselves as stewards, as caretakers, not as owners. And when we approach everything that we have, our wealth, our finances, all our resources, if we understand that we are here as stewards, that shifts the mindset and it's really easy to be generous when you understand that it's God who owns everything that we have. Now, I want to establish very clearly that this principle of tithing didn't start with the law. When we go back to the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, we're going to see that from the very beginning, this principle of tithing was by faith and this predates the law. We see in Genesis 14, 20, Abraham was coming back from a victory from war, and when he faced this priest, the king of Salem, this is what the Bible says. Genesis 14, 20, blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And then Abraham gave him a tenth of 
everything. So this principle of tithing predates the law. And then you also see in Genesis 28, 22, Jacob making also a covenant with God and is continue establishing this practices. So Abraham was practicing it and he transferred that practice to his children. Genesis 28, 22 says, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And all of that that you give me, I will give a full thanks to you. So this is happening before Moses, before the law. So it's so important to understand that God reveals himself through nature. God, he, he builds himself to Abraham. He understood that everything belongs to God in a way to show that generosity and that understanding was by giving back 10%. But we know that we are broken. We know that we are selfish. We know that our tendency is to spend everything that we have and more. So this principle that, is, that began by faith, it was initiated by faith, became law. Then Moses comes in in Leviticus 27, 30, instructed by God, and he begins to teach Israel and say, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord, is, is holy to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Say with me, it is holy. You know what holy means? Set apart. It is holy, it is holy to the Lord. So now tithing becomes law here. And the understanding that we are not farmers anymore in many cases, now we are, we are working in factories, we are working in the marketplace, we are doing all of that, but the principle is still the same. Now, in Numbers 18, this is for pastors and leaders, and they think, well, I'm a pastor, I, I'm going to challenge people to give, but I'm not going to give. No way, Jose, that's not the way it works. November, <laughs> Numbers 18, 25, says, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Levites and say to them, when you receive from the Israelites the tithe I give you as your inheritance, you must present a tenth of that tithe as the Lord offering. So this is for everybody. This is for the kingdom of God. This is for every one of us. We are called to give 10% to the Lord. Now, it's important also that as a church, we understand why God is requesting this. Now, the prophet Malachi is challenging the people of Israel and asking them to give and saying, you know, you, you are robbing to God when you, don't, when you don't fulfill the law. And then he challenges and says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test. So it's the first time in the Bible that God is challenging his people and saying, put me to the test, that I'm the provider, that I'm Jehovah Jireh. I am the one who gives. I am the one who provides. I am the one who owns the earth. Says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and put down for you blessings until there is no more need. So God now is saying, Bring your tithe to my house. So the big, one of the big differences is that in the first two levels of giving, tithe and offerings, you bring it to the house of the Lord. Now, charm, um, arms and charity, you do it in a different way, and I'm going to talk about it in a few minutes. But when we go now into the New Testament, 
We are going to tie this up because in Hebrew, the book of Hebrew 7, 8, the author of Hebrew is connecting and explaining even deeper what happens in Genesis 14 when Abraham gave his tithe to this king called Melchizedek. And he says, in the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. The argument here is that now we have established one new priesthood, the priesthood of Jesus as king, as, as eternal priest. And when he's teaching this, he's, he says, okay, in the law, we have the Levites, and we have all these regulations and these obligations, and if you don't fulfill the law, you are cursed. In Jesus, you are under the grace of God, under the love of God, and we here practice the same principles, not because of we're going to be cursed. We practice this because we are grateful, out of love, because we love Jesus, then we give. And we continue practicing these principles. Now in Hebrews 7, 24 and 26, the author continues explaining and saying that Jesus lives forever. He has a permanent priesthood. And even though when you bring your tithe to the, to the altar and you give online, now mortal men are receiving it, but in reality what it says is Jesus is the one receiving it. You are honoring him when you tithe to the church. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them, making a difference that all these priests in the Levite priesthood, used to, they, they die and die and die because they are men. But now we in Jesus, Jesus lives forever. We have a better priesthood. Such a high priest truly meets our needs. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, and exalted, exalted above the heavens. This is the priesthood that we're talking about here, that Jesus is now shifting everything and bringing things back to the beginning. This is not as a curse. It's not by obligation. It's out of love that God is challenging us to give 10%. But we separate 10% for God and mark it as holy. When we do that, we begin to develop a heart of gratitude and cultivate that gratitude by understanding, by spending time in prayer, by revelation, understanding that God owns everything. And now we go and say, okay, second level is offerings. What about the offerings, pastor? Okay, what it says here is that going beyond tithing by willingly giving offerings sacrificially, contributing to a specific projects, missions, special needs, or demonstrating a heart of generosity. So once you receive from God 100%, he basically saying 10% is mine. So 90, listen to this, 90 is yours, 10 is mine. Is that a good deal? In Cuba and in America, it's a good deal. 90 for you, 10 for me. It's, 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 it's the best deal ever. That God, God is a giver. You see it from, from Genesis to Revelation. And we're going to find and follow his path, his character. He's a giver. 
Okay, but he's saying now, now your offerings give it from your heart. Give it from your heart. This is what 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a what? A what? So when you're going to give, give with joy, not because your wife says so, not because uh, Joe sent a letter saying, give, 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 give. You're supposed to give by what? By, out of love, out of revelation, out of prayer, out of understanding, out of loving God, loving your neighbor. That's, the, that's why we give. Now, avoiding the pitfall of pride. When we don't practice this, we tend to become self-sufficient. We, we only look inward and we start becoming prideful. And what, what, you know, what, what disciple is all about is about dying to yourself. Dying to ourselves. Get rid of pride. Now, compassionate act of almsgiving. Embracing the call to help those in need through acts of charity and benevolence, recognizing that resources are meant to bless others. So God is challenging us and saying, um, I, I bless you first, so now you become a channel of blessings on the earth. So those who are poor can experience uh, a satisfaction and satisfy their needs and look to the heavens and say, God is real. And every time you give to a person that is in need, Usually, the person will say to you, God what? God bless you. You're going to hear that again and again and again. And I'm saying, I'm not talking about poor people. I'm talking about people experiencing poverty. Because the reason we have uh, poor people is because we are too greedy. Come, give me more, give me more, give me more. But if we balance all the resources on earth, there is, for, there is a peace for everyone of the pie. But if we follow these principles, guess what? We all can leave that uh, poverty behind and experience the kingdom of God. Here's what God says about this and Jesus is teaching and saying, okay, when you give, don't take pictures on Facebook. Don't sound trumpets before you as the hypocrites do, which means, hey, here I am, I'm giving to people, check. Hey, here I am. I'm feeling the hungry. Check. And what this passage is saying is when you do that, God says, now because you did that, your reward will come from men. Do you know what is the reward? Likes. Like, likes, 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 likes. But what God is saying, if you do it in secret, your father who sees you in secret will reward you in public. When you do it in secret, the God of heaven, Jehovah Jireh, will bless you in a way that you will not imagine, in a way that will shock you. So you have to choose. You want men to reward you, clap, 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 or you want God to reward you. There are things that you need that only God can meet those needs. Now, John Wesley, he was teaching also about giving, and he has this mantra, this principle of life. Make all you can Save what? All you can, and then what? And give all you can. And this is so important because it's not, there is nothing bad with making money. God is saying, I am the one who gives you the power to create wealth. That's okay. 
Then, once you made the money, save the money. And then, invest money. And then, give to people. That's the balance. That's the balance. But when we give, it's a sacrifice. We sacrifice and we give, trusting that whatever is lacking in your house, God will provide as you practice these principles. What is the call to action? Number one, we're going to faithfully tithe. Say with me, faithfully. Do you know what faithfully means? Okay. What is, what is 10% of a thousand? How much? A hundred. That's in, in America. In Cuba, it's less than that. No. <laughs> People are saying that truth is relative. I'm telling you, 10% of a thousand is a hundred in America, in China, and in, in, in Europe. Okay. So now you have no excuse. Okay. So tithing means what? 10%. Now, if you cannot give 10% and you need, as every disciple on earth, you need to grow until, until you get to that level, okay, that's fine. But if you are giving and you're saying, this is my tithe, make sure that it's what? 10%. If it's not 10%, it's an offering. It's not tithing. Tithing is what? Thank you, Jesus. Number two, give generous offerings. Seek opportunity to sow in a specific Initiative. Now, generosity from your heart and offerings, you also bring into the house of God, but it's from your heart. You can give for different reasons. And the last piece is alms given. Every time you're on the streets, every time you see a, an organization that is doing an excellent job feeding the poor, giving, you can sign up for that and continue helping God to feed the poor because Jesus already said that we're going to have people that experience poverty forever. Why? To test your heart, to test my heart. Because if no, there is no people, if no one is experiencing poverty, you're going to get to heaven, and God is going to ask you, what did, why, what you did with your money? Nothing, all of me. And why you didn't give to the poor? There was no, no poor people. I don't know no poor people. I don't know people who are poor. So God is doing this. He's leaving the poor here. <laughs> so you test what? Your heart and you give. And that way your heart and my heart is revealed. So God doesn't need our money. That's the conclusion of this conversation. However, we are called to honor God. It's for ourselves, it's for our own uh, spiritual health. Follow God's teaching and be guided by biblical principles, understanding the fundamental difference between tithes, offerings, and arms. Let's pray. Let's pray. Loving Father, thank you, thank you for the teachings of your word. Thank you for giving us examples of the meaning of being good steward, like your founder Wesley and others, even in this congregation. Grant us wisdom as we seek to honor you with our finances and become channels of your blessing to the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord Jesus invites to his table all who love him, those who receive his ministry death 
resurrection. The Lord Jesus, the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and says, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink from it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Loving Father, we ask now that you pour out your Holy Spirit upon these elements. Make them for us the blood and the body of Jesus. We want to lift out your commandment that whenever we eat from this bread or drink from this cup, we will proclaim the death of our Lord Jesus until he comes again. Amen. Can you stand up? Let's declare the word. Merciful God. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proved God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. I want to invite those who are going to help us to serve communion, to come forward.
Church, I'll invite you to stand once more as we lift our voices together to the Lord as we close out our worship for today, just celebrating and remember what a, what a good, good Father He is. May the Lord prosper you, keep you always. I sent you in the name of Jesus to make disciples for the transformation of the world. Go in peace, or in pieces, but go. God bless you.
You're a good, good father.